0: Yippa! What's happening everybody? Welcome to Dave Elliott's weird podcast. Um, Hold on, let me just adjust the pop shield there. That's not just a creaky creaky door, it's just me adjusting the mic. Just in case you think, it's Halloween week. Is there some kind of paranormal activity going on? No, it's just me adjusting my mic. Fret not, because I know this week people will be quite frightened. They'll be on edge, they'll be you know, afraid to leave the house because it is Halloween night, so, I mean, just just keep yourself safe out there, guys, but I am feeling really good right now, recording the podcast as per on a Sunday, because, guess what, your boys had a busy week, once again, last week, I was complaining this week, I'm, I'm saying, listen, I'm nearly back to full capacity, nearly back to full power again, it's been about seven weeks where I have the cold, and, I've been a money bastard, but this week I f- I feel so great. You know, it's it, it's nice to sort of be able to breathe. You know, it's it's useful. It's a it, it's a an asset that you require as a human being, ideally to function properly. Is the the ability to breathe? If you can't breathe effectively, the oxygen don't get into your body, and you die. So science and banter on this podcast, isn't it? But yeah, I've had a, I've had a flat out busy week. You know, I've been been cranking it up. Um, I said last week had lots on and it was and oh, I was I was moaning, I was a bit complaining about it. But this week, hey, I'm feeling good. Started the week well. Recorded the Boytown podcast, which was a lovely episode. I felt last week. <coughs> Pardon me. Oh, there's me talking about being better. If anybody doesn't listens to the weird podcast and doesn't listen to Boytown, hey, what do you? Add? You can check out the both of them. But it was nice and fun. And then on Tuesday, I was just chilling. That was my one night off Uh, last week. You know, I was just chilling out. Nice to get home with the feet up. Getting early early night to bed with the family, you know. It was nice. Sometimes that's needed. Then the work started. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, your boy was gigging and working. On Wednesday, I was, um, believe it or not, acting. Whatever, I'm one of those now. I'm a comedian, I'm a stand-up and also a serious actor as well I was acting in a in a short blap I don't know what that means, I just know that's what it's called for Channel 4 being produced by BBC work that one out bit odd but I mean let's welcome it, you know why because it's um, it's, it's it's enemies, traditional enemies working together, you know it's Ebony and Ivory, it's what the D.U.P.H. and Fane ought to do, you know what I mean, it's just pull together baby for the better good, and that's what it was at, it was a, a short um, comedy pilot if you will, written by my good friend Kieran Bartlett, who was also featured on the Weird Podcast, the live episode, well, episode 100 there, so it was fun to be part of that now. That was really good fun to be part of. The script very enjoyable. I got to play a very sexy character called John. So look forward to seeing that. but um <clears throat> yeah it was a fun it was a fun shoot. Everyone in the crew was really great. all the the actors were great fun to hang about with. No ego it was just great fun. you know the whole thing was a really good experience, apart from the location, right No. People may get offended at this, but we were filming in Lanadune. No. Not saying that there's anything wrong with Lanadune. Apart from there is. Alright. Like everyone knows I'm a Hollywood boy. I'm a North Down guy. I never leave the borough of North Down unless I need to. And on this occasion I need to. I had a job to do, I had work to do. I had to go to this location and it was cold, wet, miserable day. And like Lenedoon is, it's a dark place, not like in terms of what goes on there, by any stretch of imagination, I'm sure there's great people there. But I just mean physically it's dark, it's built up, it's quite crowded, it's, it's physically dark. It would depress you on the best of days, but on a cold, wet, windy day, oh, it, was, it was not a sweet place to be. Philemon, great fun, had a lovely time, but it was there all day. I was there all day, outside, in the cold, and for a man recovering from a cold, not sweet. But hey, we got through it. We had a really good, fun time. The uh, the the production, if you will, will be hopefully being edited, I think, by the 7th of November, I've been told. So I'm very excited to see that. I think the whole thing's going to be brilliant. Thankfully, we won't have to go back to Lennon for that because the shooting has been done. But it was, it was a very fun day. No, it was a very fun day, yes. Very long day also, you know. And by the time I finished that head to head straight to a gig. I was gigging in the points, which is a bar um beside Anshabin, which of course is Irish, as we all know, and fluent in Irish, which is opposite Filthy McNasties. I went there, the gig was for um Cormac McDermott, who is a great guy. First time doing that club. And you know what? A couple of things about it, quiet night, you know, having been out in the cold and window doing all day to turn up to a venue not a lot of people out. Again, I'm going to blame the weather on that. It was a bit of a, a struggle. But those who were there were really into it. It was great fun. It was good crack. I'm saying here now, I'm giving my endorsement to Cormac, and I'm giving my endorsement to that venue. People need to get behind that comedy club because it has all the assets you need for a good night. It's got a good stage. Um, it was weird for me because I just assumed it would be in some different kind of venue than when I'd been in before, and then I was like, that's just anti-Annie's, you know, it's just a revamped anti-Annie's, which is one of my first ever gigs I did in anti-Annie's. Um, and now, whenever I was starting off doing stand-up, I was what effectively you would call fucking shite, right? So I don't know why I started doing stand-up. I did sketch comedy before I did stand-up. I was in a group called FNT, did things online like Naughty Shore, I'm sure you've seen that, Red. Right? Oh, all that, right? But I did... um that sketch comedy kind of put on live shows doing that sort of stuff, you know, which was enjoyable. I, I, I was good at it, so I think. And then through doing that, I met a load of people who I'm now good friends with, like Mickey, Shane. We all met at the, the Edinburgh Festival and became mates, you know. So they kind of were like, do stand-up. And I was like, ah, I don't know. FNT sort of split up as a group. We all went off to do different things, then I kind of was sort of bullied into doing stand-up. Now, do I remember what some of my early material was? Nah, all I remember was doing one bit about walking up the street and sweating and being like, you know, that was it. And looking back on it, I I should have just, like, if I was in my position now then, I'd have told myself, give it up, mate, you know, there's nothing. Like, sometimes you see people doing stand-up and you go, hmm. Maybe that was a bad set, but I see something in you. You know, maybe I see something in you, in me. Nah, I'd just said, man, pack it up. Go home, put a fork in it, put a knife in it, stick it to yourself, you're done. You know? But one of my earliest gigs was in Auntie Annie's in an event called the Mirthathon, which, who knows what the fuck that means, but apparently it was some sort of, like, day-long comedy gig to raise money for some charity. So it was just one act, did seven minutes, then they just kept seven minutes, seven minutes for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was as good as it sounds, right? So I turned up, I was given a list of names, it was like a pass the bat, and you went on, did your set, called the next person on. I remember I had it on stage, wearing a pair of boots, jeans, nice knitted jumper, that was my early style. Whatever, right? Did my set, and then I was like, next on the stage, it is... And I said <laughs> the act's name. Can't remember who it was. For talk's sake, say Shane Todd, right? So next up, Shane Todd. And there was nothing. And then I looked into the crowd and Paddy McDonald was like, no, he's been on. Which would be a very Shane thing to do, to be fair, is just mess up the entire order for everyone's day. But um, Paddy goes, no, Shane's been on. This guy's on next. And pointed to... A young man in a wheelchair now the particular young man in the wheelchair is johnny mccarthy he used to do stand-up and um, i stopped doing that now and it's now a politician right so i did i don't know johnny but i, I know of him now after this particular incident right so i was like i don't know i don't i was like oh panicking because i didn't have any sort of stage confidence any professionalism about me It's like oh and then he's just like oh, just bring him on and then into the mic i literally said oh next up it's that wee lad sitting down there, and then put the mic nervously back in the stand, and went off stage, and Patty was like, again, didn't know Paddy at this stage, and he was like, oh, you're a dickhead, and I was like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing, and he goes, fuck off, and I was like, oh, do you need a hand lifting him on stage, and Patty's like, no, just just get away from me, and I think I just like, patted Patty in the back, as he lifted um, Johnny on the stage in his wheelchair, fully by himself, having me just embarrass myself, you know, and really wanted the ground to swallow me up. It was a horrendous moment. So when I went back into the points in that room, it was like, oh no, flashbacks. And I just thought to myself, I hope there's no disabled people here tonight. I can't cope with those guys. And luckily there wasn't. You know, luckily there was very few, but the night itself was a pleasant enough night for those that were there. Now, I'm going to say that this venue has all the assets to be a good night. So if you're in Belfast, check out the Points Comedy Club. You know, keep a wee eye on it. I think it's called the Cracks 90 or Crackheads, Crackheads maybe, but not like actual drug Crackheads because that'd be weird, wouldn't be promoting drug use. But I mean, crack C-R-A-I-C, because again, that's Irish, you know, and should being the points, promote Irish, you know, there's some, I think, Irish lessons that go on there as well, Irish language lessons, you know, not just how to be Irish, but I mean, um, I'm a bit offish of that, which is of course Irish for off, because I don't take it, you know, I mean, if anyone listens to this podcast or Boytown, they know I'm fluent in Irish, so I mean, I should have been involved in that, but I mean, each their own, but I'm saying check that out, it was was a strange night, but I did the gig because I was offered it, and also I wanted to run some material because there's a couple of, of big gigs this week, I had the points on the Wednesday, I had Pug Uglies on Thursday. And then I was opening for Mickey Bartlett at the Ulster Hall on Friday. Now, um, Pugs was great. You know, it was another good week. Decent crowd. It had myself emceeing. And I'm trying to remember who was on it. There's so many people come on and do Pugs that I just sort of forget who all was on. It was myself, Rory Woods, and Aaron Butler, were the uh, were the the poster boys, if you will, the acts, um, and were on the poster, and then we had Vittorio Angeloni doing the open spot, and he was great. You know, he did did a really good set. And um, Butler was very good as well, and Woodsy just smashed it. So it was a lovely night. Um, I had so I had a bit of fun emceeing. Took me a wee while to get going. You know, sometimes it's it's great fun emceeing. You know, I prefer to do sets. You know, it's more my my thing. But I mean. I'm getting better at that, I feel, and the comedy club itself is doing really well, so I'm happy enough of that. But check out this week's po or this week's podcast, this week's Pug Ugly's Comedy Club on Halloween night, the 31st of October. I am headlining the club this week because I want to because I want to, you know, there I go, fuck it. I'm the boss. I, I I book the book the lineup. So I'm no. The actual reason is I'm going on a tour starting next week on the seventh of November in Dublin. So I want to run material for the tour. I want to um, go over some bits and bobs, and also do some fairly bespoke Halloween stand up um, material as well. So um, yeah, I'm headlining. I've got support from James McKegney and Darren Matthews And also emceeing is William Thompson So I mean it's going to be a fun night It's going If you just want Do some sort of Halloween dress up You know I'm sure we could do a prize For the best dressed You know um, I will not be dressing up Because my, my life is a Halloween day You know every day is a nightmare So I mean I'll not be, be wearing any fancy dress But I'll just be working through my set And have some Halloween based material For everyone to enjoy So you know, that should be fun um, but Pugs was great then Friday was the Ulster Hall which was mad because um, mm. it was Mickey's first time headlining the Ulster Hall by himself you know for me I was delighted when Mick asked me to do support you know because I've always been in, uh, he's a good mate of mine and also I'm a big fan of him as a stand up so to actually see Mick getting what he deserves selling out a venue of that size and getting the big payday he deserves was class you know it's it's nice, I think, here to see the scene where your friends are able to do that. You know, it's sometimes irritating when people can, you know, maybe sell big venues and they're not maybe, I don't want to say deserve it of it because everyone is if they do that. But maybe, you know, some people have been doing it for longer or better at stand-up like Mick and, you know, should be doing the big venues. He should be selling out, you know, the Ulster Hall two, three nights because the guy's amazing, you know, he's a fantastic stand up and to be there on the night and just, you know, see him get that standing ovation was kind of, it was emotional, you know, as a friend to see, you know, your friends do that, now I've been through that with Shane before, you know, it was when he first did Mandela, you know, um, it was uncomfortable for Winnie Mandela, haha, <laughs> worst dad joke ever, you know, um for him doing Mandela was a big deal, because it was like, fuck, maybe... Maybe this is possible, you know, and now he's doing waterfront, you've Colin doing the SSE, Mickey's doing the Ulster Hall, it makes you think, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day. And to have me opening for him was a real honour, you know, and I had a great time. It was a strange flip from Wednesday doing a gig for twelve people, and then just a couple of days later doing a gig for over a thousand, you know, and it's safe to say that the Friday gig went better and uh, for me personally, you know. I mean, I it was, there was no pressure on me at all on Friday. The only pressure I had was to Mick, to not fucking wreck his show. You know, that was the only pressure I felt. It wasn't my audience. They weren't there for me. I was just merely, you know, like when you go to buy, like, I don't know, OK Magazine and you get like Star Magazine free in the wee rapper. I'm just that wee... Oh, actually, I've come for OK Magazine, but I'm happy to get the Star Magazine too. You know, I'm, I've am i come for this proper tabloid magazine, but at the same time I'm happy to get the smutty tat with all the juicy gossip and all in it. You know, all about seeing what Katie Price is up to these days. Come and see Price's new tits in Star Magazine. <laughs> and in OK Magazine, you can see... What Colleen booney has been up to, you know, it's a bit classier. Colleen Rooney's in OK. I see, is in star, but it was great to be there. It was weird because I wasn't nervous leading up to it. Because again, I'm like, sure, people won't even watch me. People will be at the bar. It's fine. Then just before I went on stage, I was like, yeah, I'm a bit nervous now. Managed to get out there, get the mic in my hand without dropping it, and we we're at, you know, we we're at the races. It was great. Everyone there was really good, you know, all the audience were really supportive and I loved it, I had a really good time and being the absolute um, rock star that I am when the gig was finished we all went over to Pug Uglies for a proper session um, your big, the big man here put away one Prava and then hit the road now, why was that you say? because A, I couldn't get a lift home I'm not paying a taxi from Belfast to Bangor just a couple of days before payday, please. Papa's waiting on some invoices. He's got the tax man to pay. Do you know what I mean? I'm a wee bit like, uh, ah, oh. I just want to keep that shit to myself, you know? So I had a, had a shandy, left making his way. He was enjoying himself, and I just came home because, again, I knew at a weekend where the wife was working, you know? And when the wife works, that means I have to entertain an almost two-year-old by myself. Hey, doing that with a hangover ain't happening, you know? The child has got no respect for hangover. She doesn't understand what it is. She's non-stop from she wakes till she sleeps. And this weekend, um, we had a great time, two of us, just, you know, um, <coughs> just playing, having fun. You know, we went walking in the leaves and stuff. You know, it was really nice. Had her all hopped up in her wee coat and her wee bobble hat. Really nice. And then didn't she go and trip and fall and in the mud? Get herself all completely covered. Entire hands, face, mouth, hat, coat. I mean, it was terrible. You know, to see Holly face down in a complete muddy puddle was terrible. After the first initial 35 seconds of pissing myself laughing, I felt bad. I lifted her of the mud and I had to bring her home, clean her off. But she's in great form. And then, you know, living the rock and roll lifestyle. Took her on Sunday get her feet measured, you know, got her a couple of new um, shoes, because, I mean, it would be weird if I just bought her one single shoe, you know, that would be kind of neglectful. A lot of people would be judging me, going like, oh, you're some kind of, like, I know Trump dad, and I'd be like, yeah, I guess I am, you know, but, again, you don't know what, what my situation is, so don't judge me, bitch, you know. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun weekend. It was nice to, like, get a bit of time off. On the Saturday, um, Holly was staying Overnight after the Ulster Hall, Catherine was working early and my mum and dad had her until lunchtime, which was nice. I got a bit of a lie in. I was just banjo. See, when you do, like, I've been working, doing gigs, doing podcasts nearly every night and it just catches up with you, you know. It It catches up with you and then I just end up sleeping in a bit on Saturday, busted. And then on Sunday when the clocks went back or forward, I don't know, all I know is apparently I get an extra bit of time in bed, which, hey, I'm cool with. But Holly ended up sleeping till like quarter to nine Which was actually a quarter to ten Which is probably her longest ever sleep But she knew clearly the big man needed a rest And now I'm feeling great I'm feeling like I'm pumped for the week ahead I have lots coming up this week And um, again, not much work, which is nice um, <clears throat> I've got to do the Boytown podcast solo this week, so if you're a Boytown listener and you see the call for questions, I need the questions because I'm gonna to have to fill an hour myself and I'm just doing a podcast tonight and then I'm gonna to have to record another weird podcast this week. I'm gonna to have to do that early because I'm gonna to have to put it out um, for next week because Papa's going to New York City, baby. Mm. New York City, baby. Yeah, play it. New York City, baby, motherfucker, yeah! I'm your dog, woof woof. Where my dog's at, yeah! And that classic Frank Sinatra song there. So yeah, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm busting out the podcast, I'm pumping out the podcast, I'm having a little bit of the podcast, baby. I'm all for it, right? So if you listen to Boytown, get me the questions. Head to New York on the first of November. Because guess what, guys? I've been I've been married a year this Saturday, which is mental because um you know Seattle it's mob because it doesn't seem like it was a year ago well guess what Einstein fucking is because that's how time works so I'm away there just me and, me and my wife for a few days and I'm really looking forward to it I've been in New York this will be the third time I've been there each time I've been there I've kind of like taken you know I've, I'm, I'm like I'm just chipping away at the tree you know it's nearly ready to fall first time I went there did all the touristy shit second time I went there. Why am I speaking like, like I'm from Atlanta? Second time I went there. Uh, yo, second time I went there, baby. I did all other touristy stuff I didn't do. Plus then some other touristy stuff I did do because Catherine hasn't done touristy stuff last last time. So then there's more touristy stuff. Whereas this time, we're just going for... I don't know when wrestler there. I'm just going for drinking, eating, shopping watching comedy uh, fucking not probably not that to be fair but you know i might try i'll try i will try my luck but this time we're we're just coming for a nice you know romantic or as i say in ireland romantic weekend you know and i'm looking forward to it and i'll be nice to just recharge um leading up to that because i've been, been flat out you know and it's been all good stuff you know I meant to say, what else are they up to this week too? The one night I thought it was off actually wasn't off because I was recording uh, the Shane Todd show for BBC Radio Ulster. Now, yes, we did that show before. You know, this is a different show, same name, yet I'm, you know, a co-host and I'm just ignored. But whatever, you know, it's fine. I'm there, I'm having fun. You know, I enjoy it. The first episode was out uh, last Friday there. It was great. You know, the next episode will be out on the 1st of November. ...which is another great episode... Um, ...and it's going to be at 6.05pm... ...on BBC Radio Ulster... ...and that's going to be every week for the next... ...be nine weeks now... ...but it's it's great fun to do... ...it's going to be live from next week... ...so hey guys... Um, ...enjoy me while you can... ...because no doubt... ...I will have a slip up... ...and then have to be hashtag cancelled... ...but hey... ...in the meantime... ...enjoy it... ...the show is, is great... Um it's great fun, there's lots of fun guests, on of fun games. Um it's just been a real good, good fun experience to do and hence why it's been filmed already, because I'm going away on a trip because I'm just you know, I say Mr. Worldwide. I'm I'm not because that's Pitbull, we all know that. But I'm Mr. You know, spend every bit of money that you have and end up um, skint, you know, that's what it seems like. But hey, it is what it is. So if any of you listeners have any sweet recommendations for what to do in New York that you would say, like, I'm not looking to do straight up tourist stuff. I'm looking to go kind of, you know, a bit off the beaten track. I'm looking to go to some areas like Soho, you know, Lower East Side, places like that. Just, I want to scoot about. I want to go into cafes. want some sweet bars, some rooftop bars, some skylight bars, some romantic places. That's what I'm looking to do, you know. So if you have any, any recommendations, hit me up. Anytime you weirdos have been... Uh, on to me with recommendations before they've been great, like I've had recommendations for Budapest you know, it's been very enjoyable, I appreciate that and I want, I want that to keep coming so any, anyone with any sweet recommendations in New York, let me know um, because I'm, I'm really looking forward to that now and that's kind of the first like, that's like my wee bit of a, a chill out before my tour starts which, you know I, I'm pretty Excited about just to fly through the tour dates again. Some of these are subject to change. I mean, some, Oma. I'll explain when I get there. But the dates, my first date of the tour is on the 7th of November. And that's at the International Bar in Dublin. So if any of you guys are in Dublin, know anybody in Dublin, want to come to the show, get a squad up, head to the International. It's a pay up in the bucket. So you don't have to actually buy a ticket online. But you just pay Fuck it in the bucket, the fuck it bucket, and then come to the show, and then yeah, it's a good time. It's gonna be myself and then Aaron Butler's doing support for me, and most of the tour it's Bar London, and all the tour it's Bar London. He's doing support, so you get two for the price of one in many respects. But yeah, it's starting on the seventh of November. Then on seventeenth the of November, I'm in Derry at Brickwork, and um, which I'm excited about now for the change. It was built to be on Saturday the seventh of December in Oma Bogans I'm moving at the 14th of December because there's another comedy night being put on on the 7th Oma's a small place you know I was doing my show first and for some reason hey guess what someone decided to book another show on the same night because hey clearly sound guy you know clearly a great guy Um, it's alright though because I will be at that comedy night Uh, in fact hey guess what I won't because I've never booked for it so, hey, don't worry. If you want to see me in Oma, come on the 14th. It's still to be confirmed, but come on the 14th of December to Bogans. That'll be available on Shine.net, as well. tickets for the Brickwork Show and Derry be there as well. Then if you're my, my GWB, my Galway brethren, you want to come and see me at the Rushing Dove in Galway, I'm there on the 13th of December. Tickets are available on Shine.net. And then the... <coughs> The last date for now is on the 18th of December and that is at the Museum of Comedy in London. Again, all tickets are available on shine.net. Um, the London show will, will sell out, I believe. So if you're wanna, if you in London and you know people there, get on that quick and buy tickets because it's selling well. The rest of them, literally, you can have your pick of seats because they're all not selling that great cause it's not really promoted it too well yet apart from the podcast. So um, I'm hoping to have some... Promo stuff coming out this week for it, again, you know, it would be helpful to be on the way before I'm in New York, you know, but hey, it is what it is, and now, here's the exclusive, I'm probably going to be doing the dad show in January in Belfast for the final time of the show, and then that's it, it's done, dad is dead, it's buried, it's on to the next one, so... If you want to get to that show, you know, I'll hopefully be able to announce that soon again. As per, I'll announce it first on Patreon. If any of my Patreons want to get to that. Speaking of which, I have a Patreon page. It's the Availix Weird Podcast on Patreon. For any of the Patreon listeners, you got the, uh, the video of the live podcast went up this week, and that's over on the Patreon. If you want to watch the full live podcast from the Black Box with myself and Kieran Bartlett, that's now available on Patreon only that's what I'm going to do with a lot of stuff now just exclusively put it onto the Patreon there'll be some clips maybe of the dad show going out and about in the ether here and there and everywhere but exclusive um, full R of the dad show will solely be on Patreon and that'll be in January sometime when I've finished the tour because hey I wouldn't want the whole tour being online that'd be dumb wouldn't it if I hadn't yeah so that's where we're at with that, and yeah, I'm feeling slightly better, Hope I'm hoping now, <clears throat> when I get back from New York, I'm going to have a good week this week of eating clean, diet, and just being a bit better than my body, you know, I feel so shit at the minute, I've been sick for the last flipping, th- about six or seven weeks, I've been taking, I got multivitamins this week to try and, you know, kick me through this a bit, and I just really need to, to power through, maybe I'm a hypochondriac, maybe, or maybe my wife as a nurse is just topping me up with, with illnesses in my sleep and trying to, trying to kill me, you know. But hey, either way, I hope to fight through it. And at the minute, I feel really like I've got a fever because I'm recording in my dining room and the heat's on for some unbeknownst reason and I'm sweating like an absolute bastard. Anyway, listeners' questions this week. First up is Luke Gorman. And um, Firstly, Luke, good to meet you at... Mickey show at the Ulster Hall on Friday, again apologies if I wasn't loads of crack, I don't really know what I was doing, I was thinking it was during it was the interval, I was going to go and speak to Catherine real quick, I was here or there, I was everywhere, like Scarlet Pimpernel, but cheers for, uh, for stopping and saying hi, and Luke said, hi Dave, how was it getting back to the Shane Todd show and supporting Mick at the Ulster Hall, and are you recording at Mick's gig, and um, that's probably in response to my, <clears throat> my call for questions on Friday. Um, I don't know. My plan was to come home and record the weird podcast after the show, but then you know pints and life and stuff happened, so I didn't actually bother. But yeah, it's it's good getting back to the radio, and it's good getting back to doing stand up. Like I love doing stand up, and it's nice when it's it's a really good night and a great night for one of your mates as well. So it's nice to be part of that, part of history, you know and. Yeah, getting back to the radio shows fun too. Um I, I I did enjoy it before. You know, if I thought it was a bit frustrating the old time and I'm sure um there'll be there'll be trying moments with this too, but I'm really enjoying it. The process of recording's been really fun. Um working with producer Mark has been really enjoyable as well. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the next eight weeks. I'm looking forward to going live and hopefully um you know, I can I can not say any naughty words that get me cancelled. You know, that's my problem, I'm, I'm afraid. I might slip the odd cuss out. And that could be me in trouble. But hey, um, yeah, good to see you, Luke. And yeah, all's good. I'm I'm in a great mood today. You know, you've got me on a good day. Chloe had said if you could travel to a past event or moment, you can relive a moment you were at, or an event you weren't at, what would it be? Um I mean the answer there would be, oh, go back to something and I would make an impact or I'd do something there. Um, now, nah, if I were to go back to a moment in time, probably go back to um, the time I was doing an Edinburgh preview show at the Black Box in Belfast where I met my wife and Colin Sick. <laughs> now, nah, I wouldn't do that. I mean, you know what there's actually nothing I would go back and change really you know um I think everything happens to get you know for not for a reason but everything happens happens if you want to go back and change anything you're kind of you know changing the, you're changing the sliding door theory you know the sliding butterfly theory you know that's not a thing it's not called the sliding butterfly theory it's called the sliding door theory or the butterfly effect but i've just hey coined it the sliding butterfly theory baby um but i mean if i would like to go back to witness something i mean if i could go back to uh, in recent sport probably to be at front row when tyson fury fought deontay wilder and stood up that would be pretty sweet um or, you know, go back to... And you know what? After watching Arsenal against Crystal Palace today, i just go back to a time where Arsenal won games and won, won trophies, you know? That'd be kind of sweet. Um, but, like, other than that, you know, I'm pretty, you know, happy with it. Like, you could say, oh, I'll go back, relive my wedding day. It was great. But, I mean, it was so great that the memories are great. You wouldn't want to change that, you know? So, um. It's kind of a deep question to be fair, Chloe, but um, you know what, what would you go back to? Let me let me know. say I'm keen to find out, but that's that's stump me. But Helen has asked Helen H star, whatever you want to call her, has said hope I'm not too late. Hey, I don't know if that's in relation to this question on the podcast or something else you might be. but for the questions in the podcast, you're not. Only getting around to listening to this week's podcast as I've been away and the Wi Fi Wi Fi was shit. I've been in Fermanagh for the week. Hey, that explains it. And there's plenty of National Trust sites for a National Trust guy. We had the kids at fluorescent Florence Court, <laughs> fluorescent, blah, Florence Court Gardens, which is a, is good. And um, are you doing a lot more stand up just now, so you can eventually give up the day job? Question mark. I like that because it was sort of giving me. Um, was giving me hey day-to-day data advice, which I appreciate, but also there's a question in there. Nice one, Helen. I always like to see you pop up in the questions. Um <clears throat> Am I doing a lot more stand up? So I can ev- listen, I just that's my eventual goal. Um to be writing and performing as a job full time. Now I'm very fortunate in that all the work that I do get does result in me getting some cashish. But, you know, I would like to be a full, full-time full adult. I'd like to be a writer and a comedian, whether that be stand-up, performance, and or writing. There are my three goals. Like, I've been acting this week. I did that short film a couple of months back, and I enjoyed it both. So, I mean, I'm, I'm up for doing that. I feel like if you ditch the full-time job, you need to be putting your finger into as many pies as possible. Do you know what I mean? It's not... You couldn't just, you know do stand-up and that be, be you over here. You know, you need other work too. You, you need to be up in the corporates. I'm just trying to take on as much work as I can, you know, to get the get the, the Elliot brand out there, you know, and then hopefully the time will come. You know, but that being said, I do enjoy my day job too. You know, I'm, I'm closer to home than I was, and, you know, the people in my office are real sound and wealth of material to come from that job. Like, so, you know... But the the dream is to go full time. You know, I could, I could j- just do it now, but I'd like to I'd like to have a bit more security. I'd like to have a few things lined up. I'd like to have you know the profile raised a bit before I do that, because you know I don't want to become desperate. You know, for things I think there's a there's a a fine line in you know being offered work and taking anything you get offered, and then having being able to take work that benefits you you know because i think like for example what i mean by that is if i'm doing stand up i want stuff i do projects i do to be a similar tone to what my stand up is or a similar tone to what my podcast is just effectively similar sense of humor to what i do so if you listen to my podcast or you listen to boy town or you see me in a sketch you know it would be of a similar type humor as the way you'd see me doing stand up you know we wouldn't be like See me doing a sketch act and say like a silent clown, you know, like doing slapstick, and then come and see me do stand up, talk about killing myself. You know, it would be a kind of a, you know, it'd be a, a shift in in tone and humor. So, you know, <clears throat> I'm just I'm just working away at the minute. You know, I I don't know I don't know where I went with that, but hopefully that answers the question. But the plan is eventually to to ditch the day job and and become a full time. Comedian, really? You know that's the that's the dream. Willie Palmer, hey man, check out this gnarly article. Um, I love I love how you just introduce your stories. Like hey man, listen, I know you're doing podcasts and all, but for sure, check this out. Oh no, a guy looks a bit like me. To be fair, Hugo Pereira da Silva, um, man gets harpooned on fishing trip. Oh no, harpooned straight through his beak, like cheek to cheek. Like that Chris DeBoer song. Like a man with in red, because his entire face is red, with blood crimson. Mm, lady in red is dancing with me. Chic to chic. A fisherman's lucky to be alive after a shot in the head of the harpoon during a fishing trip. No shit. Um... <clears throat> The 27-year-old man was on a fishing trip with a friend in at the Rio Paraná at, at the Rio. Oh, I can never read stories at, because they come from ridiculous places. At the Rio Paraná Paraná Dam, Rio Paraná in Agarari, when a three-foot spear pierced his face on Tuesday. Unfortunately, they were not careful with the positioning in the distance. The fire department said. And the waters in the river in our regions are murky, especially during a very dirty, rainy season. Mm, now comes the sexual part. The metal shaft, which was just inches away from causing more serious injuries or even even death. Listen, the guy's been harpooned through his face. No, obviously. Like, if it was literally an inch higher, it would have gone through his brain or his eyes. And you know what? You get with that? A portion of an Ulster fry. Teddy, Bread dead. That's what you get. Um, he could have died. Obviously, he shot through the head of the harpoon. Alva said it was not immediately clear exactly how the man was struck, or whether his friend, who was fishing on the opposite side of the dam, had fired the spear. Authorities are investigating the fishing trip since it's illegal to use harpoons from November through February. I love that specific times, and like the the Brazilians are like, hey. You can use the harpones from, from a February to October, but you can use a, a, you cannot use a harpoonish from November through February. and it's like um, it's still October, so maybe we might get past that. But listen, if you have shoot him, if you shoot him in face in March, you okay. You know you can do, but you can do you, you can do through November through February with harpoons. You know, be careful, because you shoot the people that what it's a merky, a fish, it's harpoonish. you can die, you know? And we do not know if the friend saw any fish or if the gun fired alone, but it hit the face of the boy. I love the that, that's so disrespectful from to the detective, but it hit the face of the boy. Um, according to translation of the page, he was very lucky. As the harpoon crossed, the soft part of his fat face didn't reach any bone or more sensitive parts, such as the brain. You know what? Um, Yeah he's a jammy bastard I'll tell you what he'll, I'll tell you what He'll have some sore sinuses in the morning That's for sure But um, Yeah I mean I think what's happened Is it's just gone through his cheek Like Not through his gums or nothing Which is jammy I mean you take that But I mean If you're, if, if you're asking me what happened His mate shot him in the face with a harpoon For whatever reason his friend's gone, Hey, Hugo, can you hear me, Hugo? I see, I see a big fish is a piranha. I see a parana. is a comet to eat your face. Sh-boom. Oh, bollocks. I hit him through the face. Um, not a nice outcome for our boy Hugo there. And what will he wants to know is, would you rather be harpooned in the face or have your mind controlled forever by the masked magician? Oh, whoa. Um... I wouldn't like either to be fair I, I mean I think having your mind controlled by the mass magician could probably be more could be it could be more traumatic in the long term, you know, it could be more uh, upsetting, it could be more you know, it would cause you mental angst. whereas a harpoon to the face would be and I quote, not sweet. So I mean I think, having my mind controlled forever by somebody would be more difficult than I think you'd recover from a harpoon to the face in a number of months so I'd go for that just on that reason you know we'll keep the, the stories coming Chris Barr as per has come into the story and he said hey Dave I hope you're well yes off the bat Chris I am well and um, and I hope that Ulster Hall went well. Yeah, it did. All feedback that I've had from the show has been really positive, And I'm very keen to get my tour started though. And hopefully, you know, that that will go as well. But the weird news story that Chris has sent me this week is the headline, Man saves his nail clippings for a year and turns them into an engagement ring. Hmm? What? Well, I mean, that's fully gross. Um, When it comes to engagement rings, we know that not everyone will be able to afford a real diamond, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. Instead of splashing the cash, some couples decide to buy cheaper ones or craft unique rings themselves out of sentimental items for a low-budget alternative while a lot of people have no qualms about being proposed to with a homemade trinket, it seems there is one thing that many people would hate to receive. Let it be known that the people of social media huh? and surely all same people out there draw the line at an engagement ring made out of a man's fingernail clippings. Yeah. It seems that one man really spent an entire year collecting his nail clippings to turn it into a diamond ring. The whole process was shared on Twitter and a disturbing viral video by scmp news oh here whoa hey guys guess who reported it Shockar. the south china morning post reported that a japanese man who creates videos on youtube under the name kiwami japan collected his fingernail clippings for 365 days and filmed the process of them being turned into a piece of bespoke jewelry Once he collected a sufficient amount of the clippings, the man started putting them into a blender. However, this didn't give him the desired consistency, so he then ground them into a very fine powder before mixing it with water in a pan. The fourth step saw him compress the nail powder and water mixture and put it into an oven for 90 minutes. What came out of the oven um, could only be described as looking like a lump of dark clay. Ugh. The man then took the mixture and put it into a diamond-shaped mould before inserting it into a silver ring, which he also made himself. When this was done, the finished project product sorry, was a ring with a dull black stone, which thankfully looked nothing like fingernails. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't look terrible. SCMP News video has been watched over 189,000 times and has hundreds of likes and shares. Many people were disgusted by the footage, even going as far as to brand it Hell. One person commented, whoa, what the fuck did I just watch? Another joked, nothing says romance quite like ground-up fingernails. A third said, that's nasty, bro. And then the last person, that's just flat-out gross. Well, you know what? It is, but each to their own, you know, and um, the ring is gross. I actually, um, my engagement ring that I proposed to my wife with was actually just my circumcised foreskin, you know, dried it out left it in the sun like a sun-dried tomato, but it was just a sun-dried foreskin, popped on her finger, fit like a glove. So she's just walking around with my foreskin on her finger, but I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty odd. But Chris wants to know, what's the weirdest thing you've seen at a wedding? Um, <coughs> probably recently, that video of um the bride and groom coming in shouting, fuck the Pope in the IRA, you know? Not that um, the IRA or some somebody should be, you know, offended for because hey, sly guys. But I mean, I just think why would you get on like that at your wedding? You know, in terms of me personally being at a wedding. Um. I was at a mates' wedding once, and I was sitting at a table quite near the front, right, and the bride. The bride's dad. In fact, no the groom's dad made a speech um and it was a nice speech but at the end he made a statement that he had a wee slip of the tongue and it was one of those moments where I was literally having an aneurysm trying not to laugh you know to the point where the tears were running down my face whereby the groom was like I didn't know you were that emotional Dave I could see you crying and I was like, yeah, I know, it was just a really touching speech. No, the truth being, the guy wanted to say this, he wanted to go, and on this date, from now on, every year you are married together, you look across the table at your wife and think, what a great bride I have, right? Now, <laughs> that's not what he said. What he said was, and every day on this date, every year on this date, you look across the table And you'll see your wife and think, what a great ride I have. And hey, when he said that, I shit myself. I was going, "Mm -hmm." tears running down my face. You know one of those laughs that you just need to go, and then once you get it out of you, you're fine. I couldn't do that because I'm at a wedding. You know, I used to to hold it in. I remember the sweat running down my forehead, the beads of sweat dripping down my armpits, my crack sweating. I was just... Any tears in my body were trying to come out. And that, Chris, was my um, weirdest thing I've seen at a wedding. You know? But it was a great, great moment for me. Craig Walker said, Hola, senor. I missed the Instagram call for questions, but hey, I'm keen and I need things answered. This week, I want to know if you were to be a cartoon character for the week, who would you choose? For me, it would be Johnny Bravo, as he's a definition of bes- a bespoke individual. And um, bit a cartoon character, who would I be? Um, You know what? It's hard to beat Peter Griffin from Family Guy, isn't it? He's a sweet life. Doesn't do a lot. Eats what he wants. Lives as a family. Just goes down the Pope with the boys, you know? In fact, Quagmire would be pretty sweet. He ain't got no responsibilities. And he just gets his end away all the time, you know? That'd be pretty dope. I mean, Johnny Bravo, he's always in the pool, you know, but he's got that that, that quiff to look after and those karate moves to keep sharp so I mean, I don't know, I'd probably think Homer Simpson, again anyone, you're getting the vibe here anyone's just a fat, lazy old guy I could just transfer my current scenario into that and it'd be grand. but if I'm looking to push it slightly out out a bit hey, I'll be Donatello from the Turtles just fight crime and, and live in the sewers you know, it's a shit answer but hey, sorry Craig Oh Owen Austin has said great show last night mate I spoke to you briefly after great night cheers appreciate that Owen Um, again sorry to be so uh, fleeting in my chat I was just kind of I don't know what I was doing I was kind of like trying to say bye to people and find people to let people know what I was doing afterwards you know so I didn't get to have a proper chat to you next time you're a show come up introduce yourself by saying it's Owen Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, impression. Oh well, reference in the style of Triple H there for you. That's how I want you to be introducing yourself to me, and then we'll just have a good chat, and I'll buy you a beer and same to uh, same to my man, Luke Gorman as well. If you next time were to show, I'll get you. I'll get you a beer. Um, Danny Cunningham said, "Great show last night, mate." Oh, well, you know what? That's actually. Not Danny Cunningham's question. That's just me reading Owen Austin's question again. But hey, Danny obviously, in his own head, thought that it was a great show too, quite clearly. Um, But his question was, Well, hey, Eve Deliot, How are things? Hope you're suitably weird. When it comes to takeaway pizza, are you a Domino's fiend? Or do you like to stray away to the independent pizza shops for a more wholesome taste? You know what? I'm not a Domino's guy. In the day, I would have eaten Domino's. Listen, we've all eaten Domino's. But to me, to order one pizza and a side of chicken dippers, I'd rather not pay 78 quid, you know? Just saying. I'd rather pay less than 78 quid for a pizza and some sides. Do you know? That's all I'm saying. And again, when I eat Domino's, is it that good to pay 78? Nope. I mean, it's not like going from having a Smyrna vodka. Having a Siroc, you know what I'm saying? It's there's no no Domino's are just open, they're like Starbucks. Do you know what I mean? There's you anywhere you look, there'll be a Starbucks. Like if you walk into your garden, you'll see a Starbucks. Same as Domino's. (laughs) They're just always open, they're always there if you need pizza. And people sometimes drink and sometimes need pizza. But for me personally, I prefer a more local. Now, this is not a sponsored plug, but I'm going to put it out there. My favourite pizza is Pizzini in Hollywood. I would be willing to drive from my Bangor abode to Hollywood to get my pizza in Pizzini's. Now, since I've been in Bangor, any Bangorites out there, please recommend me a pizza because since I've been here, the only pizza I've ordered in, I have that I've liked has been an Apache pizza you know but it's a bit of a chain itself I've had piccolo before but hey it's always too salty you know I always end up eating a piccolo pizza which is delicious flavour but then when I finish I end up having the mouth like the inside of Tutankhamun's asshole it's dried it's it's taut it's it's not sweet and I have to drink litres of water to rehydrate after eating the piccolos so I mean if they were to cut the salt a bit I think we'd have a winner but As it stands, nah. Um, You know, I I would be more tempted for a four-star than a a Domino's, to be honest. But, you know, you've got me going there, Danny. And again, thanks for saying great show, even though you didn't. But hey, I like to pat myself on the back. What can I say? Chris Henning said, Hola, North Down Dawn. My question this week is simple. When are you going to do a big show in the Ulster Hall or Waterfront Hall? The Opera House would be a great venue even. You know what? I put it in my head two years there you go I thought you know I'm going to do a big venue in the next couple of years hopefully things will have lifted up a bit for me and I'll be able to sell that out but you know again that's the only side that not irritates me but would worry me and make me anxious would be selling the tickets do you think I would do a good hour stand up 100% you know I think my dad show first two times I did it not good, but now it's in a very sweet place. I love the show, and I'm going to do a Belfast show again in January. I just need to get that confirmed with venues, but more, most likely, be Limelight too. But anyway, hopefully, the next two years, I'll be looking at doing a, an Ulster Hall probably. Ulster Hall, I love that venue, I like it. It's a good size, it's a great room, and it's just a great, fun time when you're up there, you know. So, I'd, I would love to do the Ulster Hall probably the next couple of years would be my time frame. And hey, it's out there, it's an ether, let's get it, let's get there. Yeepah! Jack, with the last question of the week, has said, Hey big dog, long time listener, first time caller. Probably question asker, but I get what you're saying. Just wanted to catch your instant reaction to the rugby and the shameful Ireland team being shown up once again by the English. Why is it when we get good at something, the English always seem to get better? I hope South Africa can stop them now. Thanks for all the great content. Hey Jack! Thanks for your question. Um, you know what? I made the comment in work this week that I could see England beating the All Blacks. And lo and behold, England beat the All Blacks. It's frustrating to me because they just went in with a game plan, nullified the All Blacks and deservedly beat them. To me, Ireland just didn't look like they had any game plan, anything. They just got hammered, albeit the All Blacks played great. But it's just so disappointing and for me, as a sports fan, I'm just used to that disappointment. I'm an Arsenal supporter and I support the Irish rugby team. I'm just used to being upset, you know. And, you know, I have nothing against the English rugby team. You know, I think they're a good team. They're not really arsehole-y. I liked it when they won the World Cup. It was a 2003. I liked that with the Johnny Wilkinson and the boys. But this time around... <clears throat> You know what? I'm I'm edging towards wanting them to beat South Africa. Just you know, for maybe Ireland, Wales, not Scotland because they are real weak. To maybe look at themselves and be like, right, what do we have to do to lift ourselves up to this level? You know, and that's the end of the weird podcast. What a motivational way to finish. Once again, guys, please like and share podcast if you like it you know i really love seeing the weird podcast in instagram stories that's the way to move forward that's how people are starting to get their content so if you do that that'd be great i can share it let the word get spread whatever and um, also if you want to help the podcast by getting behind the patreon that'd be great Elliott's weird podcast on patreon really appreciate everybody and um, that that's subscribed to the patreon there already and um, again i'll put some stuff out there more regularly. When I get back from New York, I'm going to do a podcast specifically Bespoke for Patreon as well. Um, like a wee bit of a review of that. And yeah, I'm going to get more content out there. And also, last but not least, please buy tickets to Mature on Shine.net. Let people know about that. Rate and review the podcast. And just guys, enjoy your week. Um, it's been a pleasure. And I'll be back again Actually, no, that's what I'm going to say. I'll be recording the Weird Podcast on Wednesday this week. So when you see the call for questions, please ask me questions because I'm going to have fuck all to talk about between now and Wednesday considering I'm doing boy time by myself tomorrow. So, I mean, you know, ask me questions. Help a brother out. Any recommendations for New York, slide into the DMs. Other than that, bye.